Welcome to another edition of the Sports Block Podcast here. Nathan Stacken alongside you. Uh, it And, of course, my good friend and co-host of this fine podcast, Travis Krins, also co-host of the 2080 Baseball Podcast, both of which can be found on iTunes. Uh, Travis, we're going to do your least favorite uh, thing that you look forward to all year long here a little bit later on in the podcast. Great. Yeah, I, I know you're very excited, but I feel like it's deja vu all over again because for the second consecutive week, uh, we're going to start off the podcast talking about hurricanes. Last week was Harvey. Uh, by the way, J.J. Watt now, uh, thanks to a $5 million contribution from grocery store chain HEB, now gone over $27 million. So congratulations to J.J. Watt and everyone who contributed to that. But we're going to talk about a hurricane. And it's Irma who's making a beeline for Florida, particularly Miami. Uh, we'll get to the sports-related uh, cancellations here in just a moment. But uh, once again, uh, hurricane, pretty deadly. It's Category 5, uh, hit Barbuda earlier on Wednesday. So, uh, you know, Puerto Rico's needing to take shelter. A lot of islands in the Caribbean should watch out for this, Mother. Uh, yeah, it, it's bad. It's not good. Category 5's not good. 185-mile-an-hour winds. Not going to get nearly the rain they got in Texas, so that's good. Why Miami canceled their game against Arkansas State. Maybe play that somewhere. I can understand them wanting to stay in Miami. Because I would imagine if you leave Miami, it's going to get hard. be hard to get back there. Yes. Um, uh, you know, by you know Sunday, Monday, whenever. So uh, that's the sports side of it. But you have that. You have uh, Hurricane Jose behind that. Um, you had Harvey, who I think at least in the United States, rainfall set records. Yes. And uh, I've got this one as far as the wind is... Uh, Pretty uh, pretty windy. Um, yeah, not good. You got one in Mexico. So I think we went nine years without a uh, hurricane in the U.S. And now we've got two in the span of two weeks that are uh, one of the great storms of all time. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of... It, the thing about Irma is that, I mean, they were talking about this when Harvey was still, like, just circling uh-huh. over Houston. And they said, okay, we got something off out here. We're going to watch it. We don't know what's going to happen with it. And then all of a sudden it just strengthened, you know, really to a Category 3 or Category 2, Category 3 within days. And then all of a sudden it just gets to a Category 5 almost in the blink of an eye. But even earlier in the week, no one really knew the – projected path i don't even think they still know because yes the likely you know the computer models are showing that it's going to go and hit miami but there is still a chance that it could turn more north rather than you know straight like northwest and maybe just go up the coast of the atlantic and and there it would hit more of like the, the carolinas who would have to be more on the lookout. And they still have to be on the lookout as well as with Georgia here if this, you know, it looks as almost all of the computer models are going. But I don't think there's any, like, exact certainty yet as to where this storm is going to hit. But most projections have it hitting Miami pretty much square right in the bullseye. Yeah, hopefully it goes east to Miami and then goes up the coast a little bit. And, oh, and they all got the uh, warming of the ocean, and it's just over the ocean and getting more and more intense and it's not losing any strength so I, I would expect to see more of these storms uh, for the rest of our lives there you go 
Uh, yeah, because, uh, I mean, can you imagine if global warming was real? And uh, Oh, my heavens. I mean, yeah. that would be that would be amazing. I would certainly want yeah. to be a part of a, you know, a global climate, you know, organization to help help the climate uh, and, you know, reduce greenhouse gases and emissions and, you know, not look at these polar ice caps melting away. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I wish that I can only hope we, you know, this was a global warm or the cause of global warming. Um yeah, it, it, that would be bad. If, if only, if only. If only, yes. Um, of course, if I mean, if you if you can't tell the sarcasm in the in these remarks, um, I, I'm sorry because we are being very sarcastic. This probably not a, maybe a direct correlation to global warming, but it is. I mean, you, you can't deny you can't deny that these stronger storms aren't a result of something in the atmosphere. Uh, yeah, things are getting hotter, uh, just the storms are more intense. Yeah. When there are storms, it's uh, the extremes are more extreme. The, the droughts are more extreme. The heat, uh, the weather, the rain, the floods, everything is uh, turned up. That's, that's what we got here. I don't think you should be talking about Alonzo Morning and Dwayne Wade like that. Very good. Good. Very good. Uh, As it pertains to the sports side of it here, uh, of course, Tampa Bay and Miami scheduled to play the first first game of the regular season, the week one regular season game for both teams in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium. Due to the storm, though, the NFL, in conjunction with the clubs and local officials, said, okay, we're going to postpone it that happened about tuesday this week and then wednesday they said we're gonna just push it because unfortunately each team shares a bye week week 11 and rather than move it to a neutral site they have moved it to week 11 which i think is the right move it does suck because both teams now are going to have to play 16 straight games and this does make me think a little bit on my prediction that Tampa Bay would make the playoffs just because I I do think something could happen here but it's not unprecedented they did play 16 straight games before a bye week was introduced Uh, who did I say like I heard Mike Golick say it Uh, I heard Tony Dungy say it Uh, so this is not unprecedented but all things considered, I think the NFL got this one right. I would prefer they play in anywhere. New Orleans, um, if, if Atlanta wants to open up their dome, even though there's already been multiple games played there, then fine. Play in New Orleans, play in Carolina. Numerous spots to play. Um, I disagree with that. They should be playing. There's, I mean, I, uh, I think that would mean the Dolphins only have six home games. I think they're playing one in London, I saw. Yes. But that sucks for Miami, but uh, tough deal. Tough deal. You had a hurricane, uh, go somewhere else to play. Well, but then don't you have to worry about all the you know the families and getting back there and the play disruption? It play it Saturday. Well, if you could play it Saturday. When are you going to play it Saturday, though? I mean, they're still going to... Play it Saturday anywhere. Play it Saturday in New Orleans... And, um, I mean, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens as far as people getting in and out of Miami. If it's next week and we can see that, yeah, by Monday, you can probably, you, you probably could have gotten back. But I understand. I got to see what they have for schedules. 
Oh, I have the schedules pulled up right here. Uh, Miami, because of this, will not have a home game until October 8th. So they're on the road for the first, what, four weeks? They're, they're on the road. So this would have been their home game. They have two straight road games and then a home game, quote-unquote, in London. And then they return home October 8th to face Tennessee. Where are they at next week? At the at L.A. They're at the Chargers. The Clippers. The L.A.C. The, the Clippers. L.A.C. Well, tough for Miami. Probably going to be tough, but um, yeah, I guess you know they're going to be in Miami, and hopefully they can get out of there by next week, which they should uh, more than be able to do. I would assume you would leave on Friday for a game in L.A. So... Yeah, it's up to them, I guess. 16 straight games, I guess I probably would have for the play it if I was a player or a coach or whoever the hell. But um, they're not. Hurricanes aren't. That uh, messes up one of our most looked forward to games of the week. <laughs> yes, yes. Bucks Dolphins, a game we would, will never. No, 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 no. Miami oh yes, Arkansas. yes, yes. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that here in just a second. Just one other word on on the Dolphins Bucks game here, because I do understand that you could play it in a neutral site. I do. I mean, asking them to play sixteen games, I I would have been fine with whatever decision, but I'm more okay, I guess, with them playing here week eleven because they share a common bye. And let's be real here: the Dolphins do have two other bye weeks here. Uh, I'm looking here; it's a uh, it is week. Seven and week. Oh, uh, where where is? Oh, I'm sorry. Week three and week seven when they play the Jets. So uh, wow. So uh, let's let's be real here. My Tampa Bay is the is the real suffering team here in all of this um, because they will have to play three straight road games here uh, in, because of the of the postponement of this game, they will have to go to Miami, then at Atlanta and at Green Bay. Uh, at Atlanta and at Green Bay is murderous enough, but uh, throw Miami in the mix here, that's just tough. It's not ideal. Not ideal. So maybe you'd want to play this game and get a win under your belt, perhaps. It's a tough start. Perhaps. But then again, Tampa Bay also has a bye week, uh, actually in week two when they play Chicago. So... Uh, and oh look, they also play the Jets week ten. So they are, there's a bye week there. Let's calm down, people. There is a bye week. It's the New York Jets. So okay, that's good for both teams. Um, as you mentioned, though, Miami is uh, was supposed to travel up to Arkansas State. Uh, they traveled up to Appalachian State last year, and uh, I was calling for the upset back then. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Uh, I was hoping Arkansas State would beat them or make a game of it here. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not going to happen, and they won't reschedule the game for this year, so I can only hope that they reschedule this here in a year or two uh, because this, this is a game I really wanted to see. You know, a lot of people have high hopes for Miami, so they'll play one less game, and maybe. Um, I doubt this affects them, but uh, maybe instead of going 12-0, and they only go 11-0 and or whatever the hell. But, um, yeah, I would like to see this game be played, but that's that's very disappointing. I I do understand Miami thinking, okay, we just want our players safe, and we don't know when we would be able to get back. I get that. Um, but this... 
this game is being played where the storm is not going to affect them. Uh, Florida International, last I checked, is still trying to play their game against Alcorn State. I mean, if FIU has not canceled a game yet, I mean, surely Miami is obviously the bigger school, but this looks a little silly. Yeah, you know, Miami knows this is a game they could lose because they did not play well against the Miami the student Pokemon squad. Yes. And the Arkansas State damn near pulled out the upset against Nebraska. So, screw Miami. Hope they lose the rest of their games. <laughs> I mean, again, I understand why they're canceling it, but I am disappointed by it, too. Uh, I don't believe any other sporting events have have been impacted here by this. I'm trying to pull up the Marlins schedule here to see if they are in town or not. I mean, UCF... You know what? They, I mean, they got the dome, they got the retractable roof, play the games in the hurricane. Indoors. How much fun would that be? Okay. You have a 100 mile an hour wind outside, play the game inside. That'd be great. There'd be nobody there, but it'd be great. You're right. I mean, even if they opened up the doors and said, okay, seek, seek shelter well, in here, they'd be like, uh, okay, sure. I mean, uh, we, we still have to watch the Marlins, so we'll just ride this hurricane out. How dare you. Marlins, uh, what do we got here? Six-pack, maybe? They're, I mean, they're, they're not getting in, but... Uh, Two and eight in the last ten. Two and eight in the last ten. Giancarlo yeah, Stanton has to. hit 53 home runs now. That's great. He's cool, he has, but I think he will pick it up. We still got plenty of September to go. They are in Atlanta for four games here uh, to end the week. UCF, Central Florida, moved their game up with Memphis to Friday. So Orlando certainly in the mix. Florida and Florida State are both supposed to play night games. Uh, no word yet on. Um, or did they announce something here? No. No, not yet. Um. Yeah, I'm just pulling up here. What well, they, time? I mean, they should be fine. Oh, they're in the northwest part of the state. Oh, they, they should be fine, I would think. Maybe some rain. Hopefully it's good. Tallahassee will be fine. Gainesville might get hit as it rolls up the coast. At that point, though, it'll likely be a... You know, like a category two or something. I, I, okay, Florida is playing a noon, uh, the noon Eastern kickoff, eleven a.m. Central Time. Flo- uh, that's against Northern Colorado. I would hate to see that game be canceled. And uh, let's see, Florida State is dog shit of a game too. Yeah, they're, they're playing ULM, but watch out for Louisiana Monroe. Uh, uh, they are also at 11 a.m. So I don't know if those games, uh, game times were upped at all or moved up as a result of Hurricane Irma. But uh, once again, Hurricane, uh, it's not good. So uh, to all Miami, Florida, specifically Dan Levitard and Poppy, uh, be safe. Uh, be safe. You know who Miami plays next week? Uh, the, the, you, the, the Hurricanes, they play the Knolls. Again. It is. It's not as good as game though, be, be, now because Florida State has lost their freshman co- or their sophomore ah. quarterback. Excuse me, uh, DeAndre Francois to a knee injury. He's out for the year. He suffered it against Alabama in that what was supposed to be the game of all games to open a season, and Alabama beat Florida State twenty four to seven. But the big story, of course, is Francois being out for the entire year, and for all those people that had Florida State in the playoffs. Uh, that 
that that's that's difficult. Yeah, you look at Clemson, they look pretty good. They probably lose to Clemson now. Uh, Louisville, they host Louisville. We'll see how that goes, but the Florida State's defense is really, really good. They gave the ball to Alabama. I believe inside the 10 two times. Yes. That's really only the way Alabama could score with that 10-yard field. Pretty easy to score there. Other than that, Alabama would have won that 10-7 game, 13-7 game. So, uh, Florida State's defense is still good enough. Um, I think it's going to come down to them and Clemson. And uh, right now, Clemson's quarterback, he looks pretty damn good. So, like I said the other night, um, if I had to switch pick, I would put Clemson in the playoff instead of Florida State. Uh, to be fair, Clemson was playing Kent State, and I think Kent State ran it at one point twenty-five straight times without attempting to pass. Not idea. I mean, <laughs> I mean, are you trying? Yes, are you trying to just run the clock out so you don't give the ball back to Clemson? Uh, if you if you're running twenty-five straight times, you better have a damn good running back and a strong offensive line. Uh, looking over the week though in college football. Not a whole lot happened that really shocked us at all. Um, I mean, the, wow. big, the big upset was Maryland over Texas, and Texas looks absolutely terrible on defense, same as they did last year. Uh, and I'm not even going to say the word patience. Well, I just did, but Texas fans don't know what that is because they're all, all, all up in arms. Uh, we'll get to the good finishes here uh, in just a moment, but uh, in terms of the upsets, really it was Maryland over Texas was about the biggest one. We had Liberty and Baylor. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. And how could I forget Howard over UNLV? Oh, man. Sir, sure, what are you talking about? You had the two biggest upsets. I am. I am so sorry. I guess I was talking about people, points. like games that people cared about. Games that I, matter. I'm sorry. And, yes. Uh, UNLV, yeah. UNLV lost to Howard. Yep. That was the game. That was the biggest uh, upset so of all your, time. You had Youngstown. You were overtime with Pitt. Um, you had James Madison, the defending national champs, pants, our Eastern Carolina squad. I stand, that was no good. I stand corrected on my uh, previous statement. Oh, I'd okay. like to retract that. And we'll start over. Yeah. Tons of upsets. It was upset riddled week one, and uh, we almost had a few others, or yep. at least games in which there were very slow starts. Wisconsin won by seven touchdowns, but it was a very close game um, all through the first 20 minutes against Utah State. Yep. Uh, everybody wasn't expecting much Thursday night with Ohio State and Indiana. That was a good game. Yes. Three quarters. So, and then you had some craziness on Sunday and Monday. So, overall, college football week one, thumbs up. Yes, it was. Uh, and I guess, yeah, I was looking more at the ranked teams uh, because, it's yes, I mean, between Michigan and Florida, Michigan won. So, uh, Florida had nine first downs. That's not good. Even they they scored their two touchdowns on pick sixes back to back plays or back to back drives. Not the games. The games that we were expecting to be good were not good. But there's so many games every week. There were some game that was going to be good. The last three games were all very good. Uh, Michigan Florida wasn't worth a damn. Alabama Florida State was awful. LSU BYU was garbage. Um, so a lot of the primetime games were not good. But again, you had some random. Texas Maryland game, which was yep. outstanding to watch because of just turnovers and block kicks and garbage all around. So games like that, that was fun. Yeah, the North Carolina State, 
and South Carolina play yep. a great back and forth game. So and, and very good. Louisville didn't play all that well against Purdue. They barely squeaked out a seven point win. That was very unimpressive. But yeah, the the two biggest two of the biggest upsets, at least point spread wise, happened uh, on, the, on the same night. UNLV is a what a 43 and a half point favorite against Howard. They gave up 43 points to Howard and lose 43 to 40. And then Baylor, Matt Rule. Okay, the the guy from Temple. He, he was so good at Temple. Yeah, look what I can do at Baylor. They lose to Liberty 48-45. I think that was like the the third biggest upset or something like that. Um, uh, you know, in terms of the point spread. I just it's it's incredible to me. I said Baylor would be bad, but and we always beg on them for their weak non-conference schedule. But this this brings uh, a sort of joy to my face that I can't describe. Um, I, I I but it's it's phenomenal seeing these smaller schools pull off upsets like this is great. That's why we love college football. Yeah, Baylor deserves everything that bad that happens to them from here on out. They never win another game again. And uh, Matt Rule going to Temple to Baylor. That was a dumb move. Don't go to Baylor. Stupid. <laughs> uh, another underrated game uh, was Missouri, Missouri State. It was forty-eight to thirty-five at half. Missouri was over Missouri, uh, up on Missouri State. They do pull away. They win seventy-two to forty-three. It's not a basketball score, uh, though. I do think that if those two teams were to play this year, and they might, I guess I haven't looked at a schedule, uh, that would be a similar score because Missouri is going to be very good at basketball this year. But uh, Missouri State hung in tight, tough with them, so they might be a challenge uh, in the Missouri Valley. Uh, might give. Uh, the teams they play against uh, some pretty good games. Missouri's quarterback seems to be pretty good. They're pretty garbage other than that. Missouri State will say they're probably, I don't know, one of the two or three worst teams in the conference you'd expect. I would, yeah, I would think so. Indiana State being the worst. Then maybe, what, like a Western Illinois and then... Um, Southern and Illinois, then, show me something. Yeah, so I think Southern Illinois will be okay. Um... Yeah, probably like Missouri State, Indiana State, and yeah, Western and Western. Yep, but yeah, the, the games Sunday night and Monday were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, West Virginia and Virginia Tech. I'll just get that one out of the way because that was the worst of the three. And even I mean that's a stretch because this was back and forth. Um, I really love what Virginia Tech has in that uh, the freshman Josh Jackson, first freshman quarterback to start for Virginia Tech since Michael Vick in 99. Uh, possesses a good running capability, has a good arm. Uh, I think Virginia Tech did exactly what they needed to do. I do like Cam Phillips there, their wide receiver. Uh, West Virginia's good. That Will Greer, he's a good quarterback. Came from Florida. He had the drug problems or whatever. And you know now that he's there, I think West Virginia's going to be a sound team. Uh, this was what they were 21 and 22nd ranked in the country so you knew it was going to be a good game but back and forth I thought that was a really entertaining game yeah good little game there I mean Will Greer wish he would have stayed in Florida because Florida is just a good quarterback away from being very good from being like I don't know probably the second best team in the SEC but the quarterback sucks so yeah Will Greer should be pretty good and uh, I want to use this opportunity before we get to those two other games yes you said they were number 21 and 22, correct? I did. 
uh, Virginia Tech won, so they go up three spots to 18 in the uh, media poll. Yep. West Virginia drops out of the top 25, so they drop three spots. This game came down to the last play. They got, what, like the 20-yard line or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I just find it ridiculous that if you had them, if you had, uh, who, who was 21? Virginia Tech was 21. But, I mean, if you had them 21 and 22, I would have not changed them at all. 21 uh, Virginia Tech, I think, was like a four or five point favorite. And this is what that game should have been. Came down to last play. One team won by a touchdown. So I don't know. I just just because a team loses doesn't mean you have to drop them. Um, Florida dropped five spots to Michigan. I mean, that's fine if you want, but you know, most people thought Michigan would win that game. Uh, Florida State they drop all the way down to number ten. They drop seven spots. Um, Maybe more of that has to do because they lost their quarterback. Yep. But even if they didn't lose their quarterback, I would assume they'd probably be eight or nine right now. They probably would have dropped five or six spots. But everybody thought, yeah, Alabama was going to probably win by a couple of scores, and the game went probably like you thought it would. So I don't. If you want to keep Florida State back at three, that's fine. Um, they played the best team in the country, and they lost by a couple scores. So that's my big pet peeve of the week. If you lose to, if, you, if you're number two or three or four or five, and you're losing to number one or two, that's fine. You're supposed to. That's why I've got you one and the other guy five because I think one's better than five. So when they play, I'm not going to penalize five for losing a game that I think they should. Well, this there you is, go. this goes even to the FCS rankings, like Eastern Washington <laughs> losing to Texas Tech, and they drop like three spots in the FCS polls. Oh, and it even speaks to like high school football as well. Yes. Yeah, exactly, FCS teams. They're not supposed to win. They're 20, 30, 40-point underdogs. They're supposed to lose. So when they lose, why drop them? Did you expect them to win? No. Don't drop these teams. I don't understand it. It happened in high school football, too. Number two played number one. Number one beat them by five touchdowns. So people dropped number two. One guy dropped them entirely out of the top five, which is, which is ridiculous. When there's nine teams in the conference... Two are Rapid City schools that are garbage. West River, uh, Aberdeen's a garbage team. Watertown's not good. Those are the four worst teams out of the out of the uh, out of the nine. It's dumb. I don't understand it at all. Two ways to rank teams: you can rank teams on how good you think they are, or you can rank them on what they've actually done. I kind of like to do a little bit of both. And um, I, you know, a couple different ways. I think people. Uh, just automatically, well, if you lost, you have to drop, which I don't right. think you have to. So. How, how about if you give up over 500 yards rushing and you barely win a game in double overtime because the other team tried to go for two and was a half yard away, maybe even less than that, from winning? I mean, Tennessee stays at 25. That Put West Virginia there, knock Tennessee out, even just to the back. Yeah, like 26. Coaches poll, Tennessee got up three points. Uh, Georgia Tech received no votes in the media poll. One coach put them at 25. Georgia Tech, one vote in the two polls. Tennessee goes up three spots in the coaches. Why? Because they were dominated the entire game in the dead. They gave up the 500 yards rushing. Unbelievable. If Georgia Tech makes that two-point conversion, Tennessee's not ranked. Georgia Tech is maybe is maybe in that 25th spot. That's how stupid all of this is. I don't know how you could have watched that game 
or watched the second half of that game and said, yep, Tennessee is the 25th best team in Georgia Tech. They're not even in the top 40. They're not worthy of my vote. Yeah, Butch Jones. I can't understand that. And plus, it's your favorite head coach of college football, Butch Jones. Oh, he's awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> I mean, Tennessee's defensive backs kept playing off of Georgia Tech wide receivers, daring Georgia Tech to throw it. Is I don't. Maybe they weren't daring to throw it. Maybe they just didn't have a defensive game plan, thinking, "Oh, Georgia Tech's not going to throw it at all." I haven't seen Georgia Tech throw it that much in a game, and I don't know how long. And I think uh, Marshall, the Georgia Tech quarterback, was only five of nine, but it seemed like. He threw at least a dozen passes. It was unreal. He runs for over 249 yards. I was very impressed by Tech. I did not realize they had that kind of guy at at quarterback. But he makes the absolute difference in this team and and the the triple option offense that that, uh, Paul Johnson likes to run there. So I was very impressed. But at the same time, too, I I see a a great running back here for Tennessee. It looks like this Kelly guy is awfully fast. Uh, Was it a a Callaway for for Tennessee who looks like he's a pretty damn good wide receiver? Their quarterback's a little iffy, but I think he's a young guy. I think he was making his first start uh, after a... Josh Dobbs or, you know, Josh Doby or, you know, Charlie Villanueva left. Charlie Villanueva! Yes! Uh, So, I I get Tennessee has some talent, so they did show me some things there, but overall, very unimpressive. Yeah, they're not a good team. Um, I had Georgia Tech for 10-2, maybe go back to 9-3. Because I had them winning this game, and by all means, they should have. Two touchdown lead late didn't stick. Um, going for two, and maybe maybe kick the field goal there. See what happens in the, in the third overtime. Uh, but yeah, the question mark was who's the, who's the quarterback going to be and how good was he going to be? So I feel very good that Georgia Tech is going to be good because their new quarterback is good. Yeah, and I, I fear that Virginia Tech's going to lose to them when they travel to Atlanta here later this season. Uh, game of the week, though, without question, and I don't maybe the game of the week is stretching it, but it was certainly the fourth quarter of the week. And uh, Sunday night, competing with West Virginia and Virginia Tech, Texas A&M and UCLA. Uh, Texas A&M is blowing UCLA out. It's 44-10 to 10 in the third quarter. Then A&M starting quarterback goes down. They lose one of their better defensive linemen to an injury. So they're both knocked out. I don't I don't know if UCLA, if, if they still would have lost had that happened, but it certainly played a, a huge contributing factor in UCLA coming back. Josh Rosen throws 200 for 296 yards and four touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone, including the game-winning touchdown with like 20 seconds left. But one of the touchdowns probably should have been intercepted. That was a gift. And the game-winning touchdown looks like the guy juggled it. So, I mean, all all the credit goes to Josh Rosen and UCLA for pulling this comeback off. But for the, you know, the Texas A&M regent who is saying that Kevin Sumlin should be fired, let's look at the at the, some of the factors that led to this game because the quarterback that came in was 3 of 14. For like 27 yards. He was not very good. He tried to run the ball. That didn't work. But, I mean, it, it's not like Kevin Sumlin just sat, you know, squatted on a 44-10 to 10 lead and said, okay, I can just put up my ba- put in my backups because we got this game won. Quarterback going out, that hurt. If he's in, they win the game because they were rolling uh, running game, passing game with him in there. 
Once it got to about 42-24, they scored two touchdowns in like four or five minutes, and there were 12, 13 minutes to go. You're like, okay, we, we've got to do something here. We It's a three-score game. we got to do something. They couldn't do anything. Quarterbacks should not have been throwing 14 times. That was a bit much. Uh, you got to run the ball. you got to milk the clock. you got to get a first down or two, for God's sakes. And they couldn't get anything. They did get a field goal attempt there. They would have... Five minutes left, would have put you up 16. You'd probably win in that case. Yep. But uh, terrible, terrible defeat. Uh, not not good. Not good for someone. And um, eight wins probably is not enough. Does, does someone look like uh, Mike Tomlin? Mm, yeah. not, not identical, but I think there is some resemblance. A little bit. Maybe they could be brothers. Yes. Or cousins. Maybe. The older Mike Tomlin. Yes. Uh, but yeah, some, I mean, we knew that someone was on the hot seat entering this season. And this loss certainly will not help matters at all. But, I mean, just from the standpoint of how they lost. Again, UCLA, this is, you know what this could be? This could be a, sa- a season-saving win for them early in the season. Maybe that's going a little too far, but it certainly helps Jim Moore keep his job. And uh, it certainly boosts Josh Rosen's draft stock. Well, we were all talking about you know, Jim Moore. After this performance, people were talking about, how oh, he's out. So I don't think this shouldn't change it too much, because that was terrible for three quarters. Mm-hmm. At home, 44-10. Boy. That is getting your ass handed to you. So, um, one quarter changes it a lot, I guess. And credit the uh, UCLA defense for stopping them. Even though their backups are out there, they, they stopped them. So. If, if that game continues to go the way that it does, how long does Jim Mora last in UCLA? Because I can I can just see you know, this, the snowball effect that they lose another game or two, and I think he's fired midseason at the latest. Got a guy named out there, Chip Kelly, who's maybe coaching next year. So I think he'll be a a hot commodity wherever he goes. So teams like UCLA may say, "Yep, yeah, we can maybe get Chip Kelly. We're going to fire our coach." You know what would be funny is if Chip Kelly landed at Oregon State. Mm. Not going to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not going to yeah, happen. Do better than be that. It would be funny. It would be funny, but. Um, I think he's got uh, maybe Notre Dame in his sights. That'd be interesting. Notre Dame, UCLA, um, anywhere else? Maybe uh, Kansas State would be odd because he wouldn't. You wouldn't think he would uh, fit in there. Um, there's not many other huge jobs open, right. but I mean, it's, I think Chip Kelly's going to coach next year, and he'll be the he'll be the biggest guy out there. Uh, as good as week one was, uh, week two appears to be even better. Oh, by the way, now, um, I just see it here. Alcorn State and Florida International have moved their game time up to 7 o'clock Eastern on Friday. So, uh, there you oh, have I think it. My tickets are still good. My tickets are still good, though. Yes. Yep. I didn't think okay. you, FIU could have uh, moved the game to Alcorn State and it wouldn't have mattered. They'd, they, they'd win. They would win. But, play it, play it yesterday. Oh, wait a second. It's a Legion Field in Birmingham, Alabama? Hmm. Hmm. 
Mm, I um, I I will uh, I will get more info on this here. Not that it really matters, but uh, no. yeah, yeah, it's in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, so so there you go, neutral site game. Uh, all right, all right, there you go. Not that anyone really cared about Alcorn State and Florida International, but but there you go. Uh, so that that's recent. Uh, games on Saturday, though, the early portion and even the late afternoon portion, they stink. There's nothing here. Um, you know, you, you Louisville, UNC, that could be a dandy of a game, uh, but but nothing to to write home about. Uh, Iowa, Iowa State, battle for Iowa, uh, cool. Uh, Iowa State, I think, can win that game. It is in Ames, so I will probably give that to them. Uh, Pitt Penn State at 2.30 Central Time. Cool. TCU Arkansas is probably the best game of the late afternoon bunch. Uh, and even that's not saying much. We have to really wait until about five, uh, 4 o'clock. 3.30, excuse me, local time. To really get something going here with Nebraska and Oregon. Nebraska-Oregon, yeah. Oregon might, uh, might put up a lot of points there. I did not see that one going well. No, and then 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central, the first big game of the night. Uh, This could be a three TV night sort of deal. You have number 13 Auburn at number 3 Clemson on ESPN. This should be a great game. Yeah, over-under is 53.5, I would say over on that. Uh, Auburn uh, did okay, see what Jared Sidham can do. Uh, Kelly Bryant is the Clemson quarterback. Uh, He looks like Deshaun Kaiser. He played like Deshaun, or what's his nuts? He looked like Deshaun Watson. He played like him, too. So he's very exciting. Um, hopefully there's a lot of points in this one. Auburn Clemson uh, have a good little back and forth going here. Two of my favorite teams. And, uh, yeah, 6 o'clock ESPN. That should be, uh, should be a great, I, great I, game on paper. I'm, I'm guessing that the Tigers will lose. Uh, yes, they will, and the Tigers will win. Yes, they, yes, they will. Thank you. Uh, game of the night, though, arguably, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC, where College Game Day will be. It is in Columbus, Ohio. It's number five, Oklahoma, and number two, Ohio State. Uh, last year, these two teams played down in Norman. Ohio State won. Oklahoma remembers that. Baker Mayfield remembers that. This should be a dandy of a game. Yeah, I was very surprised last year that uh, Ohio State did what they did. Yes, I was too. Oklahoma, uh, seems like Ohio State gets off to these slow starts in games. Uh, Not ideal to do that here against Oklahoma. Um, See what Baker Mayfield can do. He played great against Tulsa, 19-20. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, your game of the nights, and uh, hopefully it's closer because – one of, one of these games have to be a blow because there's five games going out at the same time here that you would like to watch, and uh, maybe this is the game that Ohio State shows up again, uh, blows them out of the water. So uh, one of these games have to be have to be garbage. The it, it says something when Georgia Notre Dame is like fourth on the menu 
because this game is also 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. It is in South Bend. Just the mere fact that Georgia and Notre Dame are playing uh, speaks volumes. I mean, Notre Dame doesn't really play SEC opponents. And for Georgia, this should this should be a great game. Um, I, I'm not a huge believer in Notre Dame. I do like Georgia a lot. I do like, you know, Nick Chubb. You got uh, that Eason, uh, that quarterback uh, for Georgia. Uh, uh, what Michelle, the the other running back for Georgia, they had a good defense. They looked really good against uh, our Appalachian State squad last wow. week. So uh, this going to be a tough game. I th- I have Notre Dame winning it. I don't feel good about it at all. But this should be a dandy of a game as well. Uh, Jacob Eason's going to be out for a while. Oh so crap! They got a so they got a freshman quarterback, Jake Fromm, going to make his first college start. So, uh, yeah, I've got Notre Dame in this one. They're uh, four-and-a-half-point favorites, and uh, I think they, they cover that, and I think they win. That'd be a good win for Notre Dame. Yeah, disappointing that uh, Jacob Eason is out uh, yeah. for, for a while, maybe a month or plus. So, uh, yeah, uh, under normal circumstances, yeah, this would be a toss-up, but I'd say Notre Dame's your favorite. What uh, what happened to Eason? How come I didn't? Uh, I I must have missed this. What happened to him? Uh, let's see. He got injured against uh, Appalachian State. Uh, what was the deal? Apparently, he's going to travel uh, to uh, to the deal. Uh, what did this guy do? I don't even know what he did. He did hmm. something. Hmm. Um, I don't even. Know. I'm trying to look. That that that's a shame. Uh, something I wasn't aware of. And then I I would say arguably the second knee injury. Knee injury. Knee injury. Knee injury. Oh, that's that that's a shame. Then that's a shame that I didn't know about it and given false information here uh, on the sports block podcast. My apologies there. Uh, arguably the second best game though of the day is in the Pac-12. You have number fourteen Stanford at number six USC. Eight thirty p.m. Eastern, seven thirty p.m. Central Time on Fox. Uh, this to me, USC had to play a good Western Michigan squad. Obviously, not nearly as strong as the the team last year that went to the Cotton Bowl, but they did survive that. They didn't look impressive. Uh, Sam Darnold didn't look spectacular or otherworldly. This is going to be a very good test against uh, Bryce Love and the Stanford Cardinal. If I had to watch one game, this would be the game because I have Stanford. This is my Pac-12 championship game. I have Stanford beating Washington, and I have this being the only game Stanford loses. So I want to see what Stanford can do. They got Bryce Love running back. He did very well. Um, I could see a lot of points here as well. Stanford, USC. This year, this is my game to yeah, it's it's going to be really good. Stanford's defense is always really good. Uh, it is down in USC, though. I, I have a hard time thinking that USC is going to lose this game. Of course, I have them winning the national championship and going undefeated, much to David Schottenkirk's chagrin. But um, I, yeah, I, I guess I don't... I haven't paid, I guess, a lot of attention to Stanford, and I should, and maybe I will more uh, by watching this game, if I'm able to. But uh, this, what what is it about Stanford that is so good? Is it just their defense and they have the fact that they've been able to replace Christian McCaffrey, at least in the backfield, running the football with this Bryce Love character? Well, they're just the same team that they always been with some nondescript freaking quarterback. Keller... Chris is a senior quarterback. He's 6'5", uh, 235. Just, you know, Stanford's not going to turn the ball over. 
uh, they're going to run the ball, they're going to be good. I think Sanford's more like a like a Big Ten team than a, than a Pac-12 team. And it seems like no matter who they lose, they replace them with somebody who's more than capable. So, uh, yeah, quarterback that doesn't turn it over, very good running back. Uh, that That's Stanford. That's Stanford every year. Uh Another game of note, Minnesota is actually an underdog to Oregon State. That's that's embarrassing. And then uh, if you want to stay up late, late, here we got yeah. Boise State at Washington State. That's on ESPN at 9.30 p.m. Central Time, 10.30 Eastern. Uh, I mean, this this also, this is like the, the nightcap should be a good game. No late games in that first week, so there was nothing on there. Uh, LSU, BYU was on it. Uh, 8.30 got done, you know, late. But uh, no late game. That was disappointing. Washington State, Boise State, over-under is only 58 and a half. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. So, uh, yeah, Washington State shut out Montana State the first week. So, they're uh, excited for this one. And, uh I think they what was it a couple maybe a year a couple years ago they played mm-hmm. came down to a field goal. I think Washington State may have won on a field goal. Whatever it was, um, yeah, Luke Falk he's still there. Uh, Washington State very fun team to watch because it's Mike Leach and Mike Leach is great. But yeah, that's uh, not a bad not a bad nine thirty game that's going to end at like one in the morning. So I think Boise State beat Washington State. Uh, a couple years ago, what, let me let me pull this up here. Whatever, it came out of like a field goal, whatever it was. I remember going to bed, and I remember waking up, and I woke up, and the replay of the game was on from the previous night. And uh, I, I I looked in, I, I saw the kick. Somebody made a kick. No. Yeah. Uh, maybe it could be some completely different game involving two completely different teams. I swear to God, it was Washington. Oh, State maybe. I, mean, I think we're thinking of Washington here. I'm seeing it here from September 5th, 2015. Uh, Boise State beat Washington 16 13. So maybe. Been, may, maybe. Some game with a field goal at the end. Yeah. Uh, Stanford, Washington State had a game two years ago. Stanford won by two. Who the hell knows what I'm talking about? Because I sure as hell don't. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's get on to uh, other matters here. I'm going to look this up here because actually... Also, uh, Utah-BYU. BYU is a boring as hell team that can't score, so that should be fun. Uh, Houston-Arizona, that should be a lot of points. Over-under on that one, 70. That's on ESPNU. And uh, Pac-12 Network, which nobody gets, which is a disappointment. I do. Uh, San Diego. Well, I don't. That's a disappointment. San Diego State, Arizona State. So uh, yeah, some good, some good games. Lots of points. Show me points. Yes. Uh, let's let's hit the diamond before we hit the pro football field here. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> uh, two teams right now on a tear: Cleveland Indians, Arizona Diamondbacks. Both, uh, as of the recording of this podcast. Well, add, add one more to that Cleveland total where they won. 13 in a row, 14 in a row. 14 in a row now as of the recording of this podcast, assuming they beat the the White Sox here, uh, hold them off in the eighth inning. They are on a tear. The Diamondbacks have won 12 in a row. They've won five straight over the Dodgers. Dodgers have lost, what, 11 of 12? They're a sinking ship right now. Even the Titanic's like, wow, guys, even I stayed afloat a little longer than this. Um Okay, maybe that's a low blow. I hate Titanic. I really do. What a terrible movie. Terrible. 
for reasons other than Leonardo DiCaprio. But fine film, fine film. Whatever. That's it's just awful. Anyway, besides that, uh, the Indians are on a tear. The the Diamondbacks are on a tear. Houston's coming back. They've won six in a row. Uh, I saw the debate on uh, PTI on Wednesday. They had a question. Who is the team to beat in the AL? Is it the Astros or is it the Indians? I find myself in a bit of a quandary here because I do like what the Astros are doing. I think they have been the best team in the American League for a long stretch, but I thought Cleveland was going to be the best team coming in to the season, and they are finally starting to play like it here. So uh, what do we what do we make of this? Who's the best team in the AL? Cleveland Indians, I would pick them. I think uh, and Cleveland, San Francisco, I think, was my World Series. One team has a good chance to do that. The other, not so much. Uh, Cleveland, um, I think they're the best rounded team um, offense starting pitching bullpen I think they're better than everybody else uh, Houston with that Verlander trade that was that was very very much needed very much needed and they've been on a roll here uh, with this winning streak so uh, if it is a series and I hope that is the series that we get Cleveland and Houston for the uh, American League I think Cleveland wins uh, Trevor Bauer has been pitching very well they've got Corey Kluber who uh, next to Sale is the best pitcher in the American League. So uh, Houston, uh, again, they've got to get healthy. Uh, time's running out. We only have, what, three weeks left in the season. Uh, so Verlander's there. Keuchel is there. Lance McCullers has to get back. Uh, so the starting pitching, uh, even with Verlander there, not, uh, not real confident in that starting pitching for Houston. So uh, Cleveland's rolling right now, beating a bunch of garbage teams like Chicago and Detroit. But that's good to see. Um, I think they'll be a heavy favorite. Yes, I would agree. The Twins were looking really good last week. They lost two of three to Tampa Bay. They do now go to Cleveland for four games, or excuse me, Kansas City for four games. So they have a chance here, but they've they've kind of squandered things here as of late, uh, or at least within the last week. And then they what they only even I think they they split the series with Kansas City back in uh, Minneapolis. So that was... They lost lost two out of three. Did they lose two out of three? Okay, I thought it was a four-game series. My my mistake. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. Last, uh, they won today. That was good. Yep. Uh, But the Angels are playing really good. They made a couple of trades getting Upton and... um, Brandon Phillips. Brandon Phillips, yep. So the the Angels are clearly in it to win it. Uh, this wild card. The Yankees are only two and a half up. So uh, do we think the Twins can hold off the Angels or catch the Yankees and still maintain this wild card? Because right now the division's done. I mean, we don't even need to talk about that with the way Cleveland's playing. So uh, can the Twins keep a wild card game? Yeah, again, I think I think the Twins are going to be your wild card team. Uh, they were within a game of the Yankees a couple days ago or earlier in the week. Uh, yeah, Angels made the big moves. Uh, Baltimore's a game back. Texas is two back. So uh, Baltimore is still right there. Uh, Yankees still not done with the division. They're uh, three, four back. So they got within, I think, two and a half games a day or two ago. It's going to be Yankees twins. Uh, twins have a very easy schedule. And the Angels do not. The Angels, let's see, they have uh, six, 
12, 18. They have 22 games left, I believe. They have three against Houston and three, uh, they have six against Houston, three against Cleveland, and three against Seattle. So that's not the easiest stretch for the Angels. Meanwhile, the Twins, uh, they have three against Cleveland, three against the Yankees. Every other team was under 500. They have two against the Padres. They have seven of their last 10 against Detroit. They need to win at least five of those seven games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit's terrible. They need to get that. Uh, I'll, I'll take a two games or four game split against Kansas City this weekend. Uh, next week is San Diego and Toronto. You got to win four of those uh, six games. So Minimum. I think the Twins win it. Yeah, I think the Twins win. I think uh, 84 games will be enough. All right. Well, we, we can only hope that it would be nice to see the Twins back in postseason play. Uh, again, mention the Dodgers on the skids here. The Diamondbacks are rolling. Uh, the Cubs are giving the Brewers and Cardinals every opportunity they can. The Cardinals seem to be taking advantage of it. The Brewers aren't. They I think they got swept by the Reds. Uh, that's that's no good at all. So uh, the Cubs seem like they're going to win the NL Central, and the the Nationals are running away with the NL East. So that's that's great here. Rockies, you think they'll hold off here for that final wild card spot? I don't know. It's going to be close. They got within, I think, Milwaukee got within a half game. It's now up to three. Brewers and Cardinals are each three games back. It's going to be tough here for Colorado. I think they'll do it, but God damn it, they've been playing awful. Um, yeah, I mean, Arizona's just running away with that wild card. So, uh yeah, I think I think the Rockies can do it because uh, you know Cardinals Brewers are only three four games over five hundred. So uh, I think the Rockies got up to a good enough start. Uh, they're starting to be better now. Greg Holland, they took him out of the closer role. He was awful. So uh, Colorado, I, I think they'll make it. But uh, again, both both wild card races I think are going to come down to the last weekend. Just looking here to see. And it doesn't look like the Diamondbacks have any games remaining against the Dodgers. But you look at who they have to play, and it is with it is super easy. Uh, they have four games remaining against Colorado. Those are at home. But otherwise, you have six against the uh, the Padres, six against the Giants, three against the Marlins, and three against the Royals. The, I mean, they're 11 and a half back right now as of Wednesday, you know, September 6th. But with the way the Dodgers are playing right now, eventually they'll turn things around right. Arizona's not going to come back and win this division, right? It would be the greatest comeback of all time. They have um, they have won, what, 11 in a row? They've won 12, 12 in a row. 12 in a row. See what they do against the Dodgers here. I mean, while the Dodgers have lost, you know, 9 of 10, 11 of 12. So basically, Dodgers have lost 12 in a row. Arizona's won 12 in a row, and they're still 11 and a half back. So at the start of this streak, they were, what, 23 games back, 22 games back. So they picked up a game a day for a week and a half, and they're still, this is still the 11 and a half games. So um, yeah, they would have to go on a hell of a run here, but, yeah, Dodgers are winning this division. Dodgers could probably, yeah, Dodgers need, like, I don't know, Two, three, four more wins I think would be good enough to win the division. I would have put them at 95, 96. So, um, yeah. I mean, the, Do- the Dodgers could literally lose like 
26 of their last 30 and still won the division. That's how big their lead was. Right. Uh, what was it? A few years back, didn't the Phillies blow a big – or was it the Mets that blew a big division lead and the Phillies came back to win it? Mets did, and also the uh, Red Sox lost a big lead too. Yes. I think it was Tampa Bay that kind of started this whole wild card thing where baseball saw that excitement at uh, the end of the season with uh, Tampa Bay and Boston. and like, oh, we should have this every year. So that's how they came up with the wild cards. Well, uh, not saying it's going to happen, but that would be absolutely unreal if it did. Uh, who's your nondescript hitter or pitcher of the week? Ooh, nondescript guy. Oh, let's Unheard see. of, I guess. Oh, unheard of. Um, so we went to Reese Hoskins last week. Yes. Uh, guy for, uh, I guess, Lucas Giolito. You know, you know, Lucas Giolito. Okay, who, who the well, hell is he? Well, good. He's uh, he, he was a prospect of note with Washington. Um, come up last year, didn't do well. He was part of the Adam Eaton trade. So oh. the White Sox have Lucas Giolito, right-hander pitcher. Um, he's done well last couple starts for for Chicago. So I guess he would be my guy, Lucas Giolito, Chicago White Sox. Very good. Now to the portion that um, I know you're not looking forward to, but the NFL season kicks off Thursday, September 7th. Uh, so it's time to get to our preview here. Uh, by the way, we've we've gone almost an hour in and have failed to mention that Ezekiel Elliott's suspension has been held up, the six-game suspension, but he is playing week one against the Giants. Uh, What's this? What's even how? The NFL, the NFL is like Trump. They can literally not do this any worse. This now what? What? How? How did the judge rule? You're suspended. The suspension's upheld, but you can play week one. Be- because the suspension was upheld after the league self-imposed 4 p.m. Tuesday deadline. That's when they. That's when they do this, and I, so I'm sure the Labor Day holiday perhaps played a factor into this. But because the ruling came after that, the NFL's like, okay, you can play. It just so happens that the Cowboys are going against the Giants Sunday night football. Whether or not Odell Beckham Jr. is playing, that remains to be seen. But that that's the whole that's the whole thing here. Um, I bet. I bet it was. It was kind of like a coincidence that. Like a couple days before Peterson signed with the Saints, it came out the Saints were going to play the Vikings on Monday night. Yeah. Just, a, just a coincidence that mm, that happened, and then like two or three days later, Peterson signed. I a call coincidence. Yeah, I call conspiracy theory on that just like I do conspiracy theory for ping pong balls and the Lakers getting number two. That's a that's a I, I hate the the NBA lottery system and the ping pong ball that way. I have a better system. We'll get to that another day. But uh, let, let's start in the AFC. This is the conference that I am the most familiar with, or th- that I feel the best about. We'll start in the East because it's the reigning Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. I've never seen any Super Bowl team rebuild like they have, and re- I guess not rebuild, reload like they have. They're even better this year, it would appear, than they were last year. At least that was going into the third preseason game before they lost Julian Edelman to a torn ACL. That hurts, but this is the reason why they got Brandon Cooks. 
Rob Gronkowski apparently is healthy. Uh, they do have some you know decent running backs: Mike Gillisley, uh, Rex Burkhead, James White. All these guys are going to be a factor in during the season. Chris Hogan is going to be a, another big factor. He was huge in the playoffs last year. So uh, New England, I have them down for. 14 and 2, 15 and 1, something like that. I even give them about uh, up to a 40% chance of going undefeated, even though their schedule is rather difficult. But this team, I mean, my God, uh, this is the one we are going to see something truly special with the New England Patriots this year. Could happen. They're usually really good every year. It's one of those things where it seems like uh, there's too much. Too much hype, so it can only okay, they can only fail. Um, something's got to go wrong. Maybe they let's get to the Super Bowl. Maybe they don't just don't win it. But uh, seems like uh, more so, I don't know, in the NFL than any other one. Uh, maybe baseball with Washington Nationals, but like New England's favorite every year, and you know, people like what they added this year, and they're going nuts for New England. And there's nobody to challenge them, so. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're as big of a favorite as, as I guess I can remember. So. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, the New York Jets are prob- probably the worst team. I, I don't know if if the 2016 – could the 2016 Cleveland Browns beat the 2017 New York Jets? That's what I want to know. The Browns went 1-15 last year. The Jets seem to be on a similar path to that. Uh, they have – Really, no offensive weapons. Jermaine Curse, who they got, uh, wide receiver from Seattle, in a trade last week for Sheldon Richardson, defensive tackle. Um, that helps, but uh, I mean, quarterback situation, uh, no good. Uh, the Jets just, they don't have much. This is going to be a long year for Jets fans, uh, but they want Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen, whoever they want. I have them going 2 and 14, and that might even be generous. How would you like to be Curse? How would you like to be him? Yeah, I'd be like, uh, I'm on a team going that's, you know, likely, you know, has a decent chance to go to the Super Bowl to a team who's got the first overall pick. Yay me. Not good. What do we got here? The uh, the Jets. If you bet $10 on the Jets and they reach, okay, that ain't right. Um, see, if you bet, yeah, $10 on the Jets, to make the playoffs, you would win $140. Huh. Wow. So 14 to, one, 14 to 1 odds. You win $14 for every $1 that you bet. Um, let's see team wins. What, what are we thinking? Like three and a half? Oh, but geez, three I and would, a half is the over under. Three and go, a half is the over under. I go under. I would buy. I would go under all day long. Under all day long, three wins. Um, yeah, the Jets are bad. They're looking for a quarterback. Uh, Christian Hackenberg, surprisingly, I feel safe in saying, despite never playing in a game, he's not going to be good. Um, he wasn't good in college. So I would say if you're not good in college, you're probably not going to be good in the NFL. So uh, I don't know what the hell they did there. Uh, it sounds like, uh, what, Luke McCown's their quarterback? Yes. Um, yeah, that's a waste no. of time. Or is it Josh um, McCown? Just One me. of them accounts. They're not very good. One of them is still around. Why? I don't know. Um, Bryce Petty should be their quarterback. Roll him out there. Um, he'll get killed. He'll get rid of him next year because he probably is not any good either. Um, so bad decisions. 
uh, picking up these two quarterbacks. And uh, yeah, they'll be picking in the top uh, top two in the draft. So you're you're hammering the under three and a half wins. Oh yeah, I'm going way under. Uh... Sandwich in the middle of this AFC East. The Miami Dolphins, they're intriguing because of Jay Cutler. Uh, they do have good wide receivers. Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, I think, is going to uh, make a big jump this year. Jay Ajayi in the backfield. Uh, defense is pretty good, but uh, I mean, I think they were 8-8 eight and eight regardless. I'm giving them one less win with, uh, with Jay Cutler. I just... Uh, the, the Dolphins are a mixed bag to me. I just don't think they have enough, though, ultimately to do it. And then the Buffalo Bills, you know, by trading away Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby, their cornerback, not re-signing Stephon Gilmore in the offseason. He went to New England, by the way. Uh, I, I think the Bills are going to be bad. I have them at 5-11, and 11, which will help them because they have six picks in the first uh, three rounds in next year's draft. So that's what they're playing for. Uh, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't like the rest of this AFC East. Miami has a pretty tough schedule. Um, I think they could be a playoff team again. But they've got a three-week stretch where they play New England, Denver, and New England. That's not great right there. Uh, play New England twice in three weeks. That seems like a whole hell of a lot of fun. They do, however, end the season. Two of their last three games are against Buffalo. So a very stupid schedule looking at this yes. Miami schedule. Yeah. Uh, very stupid Dom, and you said they play the Jets uh, twice in the first now uh, six weeks of the season. Yeah. So whoever this uh, schedule together is not not very good. Not very good there. You play four division games against the same two teams the last six weeks of the season. That's a goddamn embarrassment. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably picking them to the playoffs, but um, they should get up to a good start. They got the Rams. They got the Jets. Two road games. They should get two road wins. That should be good. Yeah, uh, the Chargers. They have the Chargers. Well, did I say Rams? The Rams. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, that's a little bit tougher though. Well, actually, I don't know. I mean, it could be the Clippers here. I'm seeing LAC. Uh, might it might be the Raiders, boss? So <laughs> Who the hell knows? Yeah. Um, so I have the Patriots winning. You have the Patriots winning the AFC East. Uh, in the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are the the class of the North. They've been the class for quite some time. It's either been them or Baltimore. Every once in a while, Cincinnati sneaks in. But between Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, the Jet or the the Steelers do get Martavis Bryant back from suspension this year. Uh, that's going to help Ben Roethlisberger. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's got to be Pittsburgh's to to lose, right? Yeah, New England, their their over-under is 12.5. I would take the over on New England. And Pittsburgh is 10.5. I would take the over on Pittsburgh. Take the over on Pittsburgh. I mean, the AFC is... Well, what, what did you say? You, you have a better idea of what it... Because, I mean, it's the same teams every year. Yep. I think the... It's Pittsburgh, New England... Yep. Yeah, Oakland, Kansas City. I mean, the, my six playoff teams, uh, New England in, in any particular order, New England, Pittsburgh, Oakland, Can- uh, Tennessee, Houston, and Kansas City. So I have five of the six teams from last year's playoffs returning to the playoffs this year. And again, what is it, like four or five teams every year or a difference? Mm-hmm. And I think the NFC will have more turnover this year. Than, than the AFC. They'll make up for it. Um, is the... Is the... 
AFC, say AFC West or a- NFC South as the best division. Hmm. Oh boy, that's a tough one. I would say I would lean towards the AFC West. You have, be- you, you have better defenses there. Uh, Oakland's got a rising offense. San Diego doesn't have a terrible offense. Uh, Melvin Gordon has redeemed himself over the last couple of years after a dismal rookie uh, campaign. Uh, I mean, you still have Phillip Rivers, so that's great. Uh, Denver and Kansas City's offenses aren't fantastic, but Kansas City at least has a good running game. They have a good tight end, and they have a quarterback who's uh, no no disrespect, but a game manager in Alex Smith. Uh, Denver's riding with Trevor Simeon. Uh, no thank you. Uh, besides the fact that they have Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, you need a quarterback that can get them the ball. Alex Smith might not be able to hit Tyreek Hill on a 40-yard uh, pass, you know, on a deep post down the field, but he can at least get the ball, you know, in the medium ranges, and he takes care of it, and he can run. So uh, I'll take Kansas City over Denver in the West. I'll take Kansas City over Oakland in the West. Mm, I can't go that far. I will go that far. I want to see if they put Pat Mahomes in there at some point. I could see that happening. Um, Alex Smith lost his job to Colin Kaepernick, even though Alex Smith was a uh, good in San Francisco and they had a really good record but they gave the job to Kaepernick when they reached the Super Bowl so same thing could have uh, Alex Smith I'm sure could have reached the Super Bowl as well but uh, yeah I think that's a pretty good division right there the West and uh, I think the Chargers make the playoffs okay. because they lost a lot of I think they they, uh, they lost a lot of close games last year what was the game the Falcons game that they gave away of the Saints, or so they played somebody. They, they they gave away the game to the Saints. They beat the Falcons in Atlanta. Yeah, they see they beat Atlanta. They they lost like a three touchdown lead to the Saints, or whatever the hell it was. Yep. So uh, I, I always look at the uh, that, that evens out after a while. So I think it evens out, and they're playing in a ten thousand seat stadium. So that should be a whole hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, seems like oh, I don't know what 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 could it be. Seems like we're primed for. Like like a Titans Chargers seems like a good three uh, thirty AFC Wild Card game to me. Yes, on Saturday, no doubt. I mean, I guess that's one of the reasons why I have the Chargers not doing as well this year, in part because of the division that they play in, but also the fact that when you're playing in a, a thirty thousand seat soccer stadium and it's not even that big, there, where, where's the home field advantage in that? They can they can barely even get Charger fans to show up. I mean. I think you're going to see a lot of opposing teams have a huge number of fans there. And by huge, I mean like 5,000, and that's still going to be almost 20% of the damn stadium. So I just don't see where the Chargers get a home field advantage at all, which is why I think they will not have a good year. This is really one of the more puzzling things to play in in this stadium. How, How this came about, I have no idea. I don't either. I, it's it's dumb. The Chargers were idiots to leave San Diego. San Diego was dumb to uh, not vote for a new stadium or pass this. We figure out something after you know close to what seems like uh, at least a dozen years, if not more. But um, yeah, I guess I, I I see where you're going with the with the potential that the Chargers have, but I just don't like it overall. 
I think the the rest of the division is too tough. To go back to the North quick, a lot of people. My, my prediction. Yes. My prediction. Jaguars move to San Diego in the next ten years. Okay. What about Buffalo? Nope. Buffalo stays. Okay. All right. That'd be that would be very intriguing. Um. The one I just want to go back to the North quick because we're giving Pittsburgh the division just because of how well they are. Um, a lot of people seem to like Cincinnati this year. I don't know why. Uh, Joe Mixon is probably one of the reasons, but he's still got to share carries with Jeremy Hill and maybe every once in a while Giovanni Bernard is their third down back. Uh, they have A.J. Green. He's great. Uh, Taj Boyd will be hitting his second year from Pitt. And they have that John Ross, that fast guy from Washington. But he's often injured. He's not going to play week one. Tyler Eifert can I do like John Ross. I do like John Ross's paintings. <laughs> That's Bob Ross. Same guy. Not, different guy. Different, <laughs> different guy. guy. Different guy. No happy fucking trees. No happy trees. Uh, I, got, I, got my, I got my Rosses mixed up. Yes. Uh, the, the defense lost some players. I just don't think Cincinnati has it this year. I think some injuries are going to factor in. I think they're going to finish 7-9, and Baltimore is going to go 8-8 eight eight because the elite Joe Flacco can get them to eight wins. Who held their backup, Ryan Mallett? Ryan Mallett, yes. Yes. Well. Uh, well. And then the Browns will be improved this year, Deshaun Kaiser, but I have them at 4-12. and 12, uh, But they will be improved. But Miles Garrett injured his ankle. Uh, this week, and yeah, yeah he's going to miss some some time. We're going to miss uh, several weeks. It would be nice if Miles Garrett's good. He looks so far to be good. It'd be nice yeah. if they could goddamn get a guy that was good and that's then not keep him. And then keep him. That'd be great. That'd be great. Because they released Browns. Huh? Browns. Yeah. Because they released Joe Hayden. And he signed with the Steelers. So, I mean. If, if you need more reason to give your hated division rivals uh, more weapons, that's it. Uh, so you have the Chiefs over the Raiders. What is it about Oakland? Or Yeah, I guess it's still Oakland. What is it about Oakland that you are not a fan of? The Raiders? Yeah. Um, I mean, very good offense. Car. He showed me something. I said, show me something. Car. Show me something. Didn't he show it to you last year? He did. He did. He showed it to me. It was very impressive. Um, okay. You know, I was saying, show me something he did. Last year, he did. Okay. I thought you wanted him to show uh, you something again this year. No. Well, I would like to. One more year. I want one more year if you can do it again. I'm like, all right, you're, you're pretty good. Uh, sucks for them. A lot of people are like, okay, the Raiders, they're the team that's going to be New England. And we didn't get that. Maybe we get that this year. I really hope, you know, the... the the Brady dynasty started with Oakland. Yes. I hope it ends with Oakland 15 years later. I think that'd be a great uh, great bookend to his career. Um, you know, Jack Del Rio's there. They got a very exciting offense. So they got Crabtree and Amari Cooper. So um, they got Khalil Mack. He worked out. Yes. So a lot of optimism in Oakland. I uh, hope they do well. I don't have I don't have them in the playoffs, but uh, I, I hope they do well. Nothing against them. I just think Kansas City's better, yep. and Chargers uh, with that with that with that close stuff. Yep. Uh, in the West, I have Oakland at eleven and five, the Chiefs and Broncos each at nine and seven, the Chargers at six and ten. But I, like I said, I have Kansas City as a wild card team. Finally, in the South, everyone seems. To, I, I've been on the Titans now since January. Said so this is the team 
to beat. Just the way they're building their roster, uh, the way that Marcus Mariota is shaping up here. I'm give. I'm gonna have the the Tex or the Titans winning the South, the Texans being a wild card in part because I just don't know if Tom Savage is really the answer at quarterback for Houston. I think at some point we do see Deshaun Watson. Hope it's sooner than later. I think Watson's going to be very good. As do I. Like Houston, like Houston's defense, like Tennessee, don't have him making the playoffs. Yeah, Mariota coming off that what injury, broken leg or whatever it was. That's not great. Mm-hmm. I like uh, I like Houston to win the to win the division. Be the only team out of there. Uh, Andrew Luck. That's a goddamn disappointment. And uh, Jacksonville has my favorite quarterback. So, um, no Houston. I think they they win the division again. Should be a garbage division. Nine and seven should do it. Does does playing for the people of Houston because that's what the Texans have devoted their season to because of Hurricane Harvey. Is that going to help them in any sort of way, shape, or form uh, in terms of maybe you know fighting for that extra yard? I mean, but you're not going to think, oh, I got to do this for the people of Houston here as I'm you know scrambling for a first down. You're looking to do it to win the play. I don't know how much that factors in. Uh, they aren't displaced like the the Saints were with Hurricane Katrina. But given all the devastation in Houston and the surrounding area, I do wonder what sort of effect or toll that could take on the Texans this year. You know how I hate New Orleans with a passion. Yes. Um, I hope not. You know, Houston's going to be in the playoffs, the baseball team, and that'll be a big thing. But um, I don't think we'll hear much about it, hopefully. Okay. I don't think it's going to make a difference. I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think it's making make a difference one you, way or the other. You have the uh, the... Colts and Andrew Luck, you mentioned it there. I I think this is going to be a bad year for the Colts. I mean, they have Scott Tolzien as their backup quarterback. They traded for Jacoby Brissett, the third-string quarterback from New England last year, who did show us a little something in a, in two games that he started last year with the Patriots. He did lose to the Buffalo Bills. That was not a good show-me-something. But uh, I just the Colts' defense is absolutely terrible. Uh, unless I'm missing something, I, I just think they're terrible. And uh, yeah, Frank Gore's old. Uh, who are you going to get? How are you going to get T.Y. Hilton the ball deep down the field with Scott Tolzien? It's just not going to happen. I don't know if I can trust Andrew Luck to be healthy for the the season when he comes back. I really don't. So I have the Colts at five and eleven. I realize that might be a bit of a stretch. I have the Jaguars at five and eleven too because. They need to show me something. Their defense is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Leonard Fournette's going to run the ball really well, but um, I mean, until they until you get consistent quarterback play from Blake Bortles uh, or Blake Bottles, as we like to call him, uh, I, I just I can't I can't put the Jaguars at more than five. I took a dose of Tolzien the other day, and it gave me diarrhea. Oh, that's no. That's terrible. Uh, uh, Colts fans should not do that, uh, should not take Tolzien. But, unfortunately, they are probably going to get a case of diarrhea. Uh, How is he your quarterback? How is he uh, Colin Kaepernick? Embarrassing. It is. Embarrassing. Embarrassing that we have all of these guys starting these games this week with these injuries. This is bad. Yes. This is garbage. This sucks. Jacksonville, how the hell is their quarterback situation like it is? This is an embarrassment to the front offices, the GMs and the coaches that are picking these guys. It can't be that tough. My God, this is bad. Um, 
Sha, uh, Shahir Khan, the or is it Shai Khan? The, the Khan, the the, uh, the the owner of the Jaguars. He has said he would be open to signing Kaepernick. Uh, Do it. Tom Coughlin, the the VP of football operations, says no, and he's not providing any reason why. Uh, so you have a stubborn old military man who is saying, no, we're not going to do this. And the owner's like, yeah, I'm, I'm open to improving my team. And uh, for whatever reason, Tom Coughlin is saying no. But if there is someone who can help resurrect the Jaguars, it's Tom Coughlin. I suppose, hopefully, his uh, face is thought out from Green Bay nine years ago. <laughs> uh, good for him. Good for this old bastard going back to Jacksonville. Uh, they should probably get a new coach. They should probably get a new quarterback. They should probably clean house offensively. So they have Fournette. We'll see what he can do. And uh, maybe they get, uh, you know, uh, somebody high in the draft next year. Maybe they'll be just good enough to where they're maybe not in the top five of the draft. And they'll have to uh, get another quarterback. But, uh, yeah, uh, Blake Bottles, uh, terrible. Just goddamn awful. So, so many interceptions oh, yeah. all the time. There's a, there's a great Twitter account. I think you may follow it, uh, Blake Bottle Facts. I, I, it's, uh, I do it, not. It, it I need to, though. Every, oh, my God. <laughs> this, uh, I'll find it here and share some great uh, tidbits. Um, it, it, is, it is goddamn fantastic. Is it, is it better than the, the Corporal Luck uh, Twitter account? Because um, Who? It, Oh, that... Uh, yeah, that's pretty good, too. Yeah, because, uh, of course, Andrew Luck with the beard, it, it, they put him in, like, the Civil War era, and he, he always talks about going to battle or going in the jungle to fight with Bengal tigers. Uh, yes. Wish it all. I mean, it, this, whoever runs that Twitter account is phenomenal. Um, two thumbs up. Three thumbs up, if I had three hands. Uh, so while you... Uh, well, just, just, just a few facts here. It's at Bortles Facts. Uh, Blake Bortles needs 56 touchdown passes on Sunday uh, against the Texans to break Peyton Manning's single-season record. So <laughs> follow that. Um, he's never th- Blake, Blake Bortles has never thrown a pick six in a hurricane. Uh, he's never had one of his NFL games canceled. Um, Blake Bortles is... This is maybe one of the best stats I've ever heard. Blake Bortles has thrown 80 touchdown passes to a combined nine NFL teams. <laughs> oh... Wow! Wow! Yes. Oh nope. I I got it. I got it. That's uh, that's good stuff right there. That that is really good. Uh, so, but so AFC wise, I have New England as the one seed, Pittsburgh the two, Oakland three, Tennessee four, Houston five, Kansas City six. You have by what I count, uh, New England one, Pittsburgh two, Kansas City three, Houston four, and then. Uh, you have uh, oh, who else do you have then besides the Chargers? Oh, you have the Dolphins. Is it is it five and six with the Dolphins and Chargers? What what garbage teams I have? Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, I'll uh, switch switch Kansas City and Pittsburgh, so they can be the same as last year. Okay. Uh, so Kansas City can lose another yeah. home playoff game, huh? Yes. Give me Chargers. Five Dolphins six, so we get Pittsburgh and Dolphins again, so uh, they can annihilate Matt Moore again and put him right back in. So you're getting a lot of repeats on my side of things. You get Houston and New England again. My AFC playoffs are the exact same as last year, except uh, the Chargers are playing 
uh, at Houston instead of Oakland, so that's what garbage I'm picking this year. <laughs> and I like uh, Kansas City to upset, or I don't know, upset Kansas City to actually win a game in the division or on beat Pittsburgh. I like Patriots to beat the, the Chiefs, which should be a dog shit of a championship game. So that's what I like. I have Oakland against New England in the AFC Championship game. I have New England taking down Oakland. On the NFC side of things, we'll we'll skip through the the three divisions and focus a little bit more on the North. Um, let's just go to the the West right now. I, I was for for weeks or even months after the season saying, you know what, I like Arizona a lot more than I do Seattle. I just like the offense with Fitzgerald and David Johnson. I think Carson Palmer, if he can stay healthy, is good. I love the defense with the Honey Badger and Patrick Peterson. Uh, Deion Buchanan is is a good cornerback that they've kind of, or a safety linebacker combo. But then once the Seahawks made that trade for Sheldon Richardson to help bolster that defensive line. That's maybe the most fearsome defensive line with between him and Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett. Uh, I mean, that's that's absolutely phenomenal. Russell Wilson's got Doug Baldwin. We'll see what Cheeseburger Lacey can do uh, besides uh, Thomas Rawls, that secondary. I And Blair Walsh, if he's making field goals for Seattle and bombing them from 50 yards like he's done in preseason – uh, I think Seattle's just too good to beat in that division. I think Seattle wins at least 13 games. I look at their schedule. Uh, they never lose at home, so that's eight wins there. Um, they're at the Rams. That's garbage. They're at Jacksonville. They're at San Francisco. So those are three more wins, which you at 11. Um, Tennessee, Dallas, Green Bay, Giants split those, go 13-3. and three. Like Green Bay to beat them week one. After that, I think Seattle's going to win a bunch of games in a row. Yeah, I like uh, I like Seattle to win this deal. Uh, Arizona picked a quarterback here. They pick a quarterback. Uh, they did not. No, so that's not great for them. Drew Stanton's their backup. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks, Arizona. Do you, um, do you know who the third yeah. string quarterback is? No, Blaine Gabbert. Yep, that's that's yeah. He's another guy that should not be employed. I mean, it's it's just a lot of these guys. Like what T.J. Clemens went to Washington. How is somebody that bad at their job? I know he's a guard and he's playing tackle. Um, amazing to me. Ponder went to Oakland for a time for a year. Amazing to me. You can be so poor at your job, and somebody's gonna gonna give you another chance. That is amazing to me. How bad. These guys are. Aren't isn't that uh, what you know? T.J. Clemens going to Washington isn't that the definition of Congress? Brunching. But on that, I mean, yeah, that that joke was a hell of a lot better than Clemens. Um, <laughs> Turnstile Clemens. Clemens sucks. Uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, Cardinals. Time to run out for them because uh, Fitzgerald is getting old. He's still pretty good, and uh, Carson Palmer's old as the hills. So he doesn't have much time left. Um, yeah, so I like Seattle to win this division by a bunch. You know, I think San Francisco is going to be much better this year than people expect. Uh, Brian Hoyer is not a quarterback, though, that makes me fear you. But, I mean, Kyle Shanahan can get the most out of anyone. I have them for three wins, and I think that's vast. I would take the over on that. I just, like I said, I didn't like how the NFC was shaping out with their teams. I have the Rams at 3-13 and as well. I, 
I think that's going to change. I, I think they're going to win more games than that, but I don't know where to take them out from. Maybe give maybe I should have given the Bears one less win, but I, I overall, the, the 49ers and the Rams are at the bottom, but at least things are looking up, especially for San Francisco, and I would say L.A. as well. I like Brian Hoyer more than you do. Uh, what would you guess his career record is? He has started 31 games. 31 games, I would say he is 20 and 11. He is 16 and 15. Oh, well, geez, I was here I was giving him too much credit. Too much. Um, he, he, he was 10 and 6 with Cleveland. 10 and 6 with the Browns. And they parted ways with him. Are you kidding me? 10 and 6. He was 3 and 0 one year, 7 and 6 the next. What was it? Cleveland was what? 7 and 9 a couple of years ago? 2014, they were 7 and 9. Can you believe that? Three years ago. Holy hell. <laughs> they were 7 and 9. They were 7 and 4 stacking. They lost their last five. Are you shitting me? The Browns were 7 and 4 three years ago. I, I, I. Wouldn't believe it if you had told me, uh, and you did oh, just, just tell did. me. I, I still can't believe it. Um, um, yeah, yeah, San Francisco, I like them to win five games. Okay. I think the Rams, uh, their quarterback is awful. I thought golf would be something. Uh, he's, he's terrible. He's terrible. Um, Jeff Fisher, he was awful. He was wasting his time. They were wasting our time. They got some uh, high schooler coach on the team now. Let's see what you got, Rams. Um, yeah, I think they're they're a terrible team. I give them three wins, and yeah. their best players holding out. Good move. Yep, uh, that would be Sean McVay, the head coach of the Rams, and that's Aaron Donald, the defensive tackle, best defensive tackle in the game. Uh, let's go to the East. Uh, you know, with the, with this Zeke suspension, it's likely going to get upheld at some point. When he serves the suspension, kind of an unknown at this point. But I look at all the the starters that the Cowboys lost on defense last year. It was a defense that Rob Marinelli does not probably should get way more credit for than he got, and he did get a lot of credit. But a lot of defensive starters are gone. They're going to be very young on defense in the secondary on the defensive line. You got Taco Charlton in there. They do have, I think, a couple of suspensions they have to worry about. I think teams are going to figure out Dak Prescott a little bit more this year and Elliott. I don't see them having quite as much success, though that offensive line is still really good. There are a couple different pieces in there. I don't have Dallas winning the division, and I don't have them making the playoffs. I think it's the Giants to win. I, you, know, you pair Odell Beckham Jr. up with Brandon Marshall, I think that just... And Sterling Shepard, that youngster from Oklahoma in the slot. I mean, Eli Manning is going to have a good year fantasy wise. I think he's going to make some. He's going to make some excellent throws. Have some very good games. A few bad throws here and there. Uh, they can get a, any ground game with Paul Perkins. That helps. I think that defense is very good. Landry Collins is the best safety in the game, outside of Harrison Smith, and maybe even better than Harrison Smith. I think their defense helps take another step, and I like the Giants to win the East. Philadelphia is going to uh, do something as well. I think uh, you supply Carson Wentz with Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. That's got to pan uh, dividends at some point, uh, assuming both of them can stay healthy and Jeffrey's had some injury concerns. And then Washington, I just don't really like him. So uh, the Washington racists, uh, you're finishing last in the division. You're going 6-10. and 10. I think the Eagles finish six and ten. I think their quarterback is awful. 
Uh, Washington, I like their quarterback. I think they do better than 6-10. and 10. I as well have New York as the only team out of this division. Cowboys better watch their ass so they could start 1-4. and four. Yes. Go. Oh, yes. Um, if Od- Odell Beckham Jr. might not play on Sunday, if he doesn't play, the Cowboys win that game, but then they lose their next two, which is at Denver and at Arizona. That's brutal. And then, yeah, you have Green Bay coming up week five. You have a game with the Rams in between there. That's a win. So I have Dallas at 9-7. and seven. Like I say, I have Philadelphia. Where the hell are you? Uh, nine and seven. I have the Eagles at. And I don't even like that. I don't even like giving them nine and seven. I really don't. But uh, that's what I got here. Um, yeah, I just like I said, the Cowboys. Yeah, at least we're in agreement that the Giants are going to win this division here. So that's good. Uh, the I, NFL- think, I think nine, I think nine wins is enough to win this division. It's I good. think a bunch of teams are between six. There's not a terrible team. Again, I think uh, Philadelphia's maybe even five and eleven, six and ten. Um, Redskins, I think they're fine. Um, Cowboys, we'll see. I think the Giants, the nine wins, just a bunch of mediocre teams. What would it take for Carson Wentz to show you something? Throw the ball down the field. Okay. Don't dink and dunk. He's supposed to be this big six-five guy that can throw. Fucking throw the ball. Okay. You're a rookie. You're a rookie. I mean, I watched him against the Vikings. Probably not great to watch him against the best defense in the league. A little unfair. Um, he had some moments. Did better than I thought he would because he didn't die. So uh, I think I'm, I'm very unimpressed with uh, with Mr. Wentz. So. Uh, the NFC South has, of course, the defending NFC champion uh, Atlanta Falcons, who last uh, we. Uh, forget, uh, or last we saw them, they blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl to New England. So that's going to be tough to come overcome regardless. They should be opening up the season tomorrow, or on Thursday against New England. And uh, the fact that they aren't is a real uh, damn shame. But I look at this offense, I know Kyle Shanahan left, so that's going to be different. You have the, uh, the, the drunk Steve Sarkeesian in there. Uh, oh my heavens! So... <laughs> Uh, hopefully he uh, is is good for them. I think you know. Of course he's he's rebounded. He's 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 living a good life now. So uh, that that's good for him. And uh, the Falcons defense is going to take another step forward under Dan Quinn. I do like this. Uh, um, oh God, who who the, the their draft pick of uh, uh, Tarek McKinley, I believe from UCLA. Uh, so I, I do like the Falcons to do good things this year. I have them winning the division. Uh, Carolina, I don't know if Cam Newton can stay healthy or not, but damn it, I can't wait to see Christian McCaffrey uh, catch passes out of the backfield. That little He's going to be shifty. He's going to be great for them. I like Tampa Bay to take another step forward. They were in hard knocks. I like Winston to have a good year. Mike Evans going to take another step. I had them in the playoffs. I still might have them in the playoffs, but... With this whole Hurricane Irma thing and playing 16 games, that does give me a little trepidation to pick them for the playoffs. Um, I don't want to be the homer and say the Vikings will, but because um, my homer pick would be the Vikings to finish 11 and five and get a wild card. But I have given them a couple more losses here. I I have Tampa Bay finishing second at nine and seven, and New Orleans at six and ten. Uh, I'm just not. Over or seven and nine, excuse me. I'm not overly impressed by New Orleans. I don't think uh, AP is going to be a difference maker there. Uh, backfield by committee, 
not going to work. Drew Brees, I think, is going to – I mean, apart from Michael Thomas, who's he going to throw to? Uh, so I, I just don't like what New Orleans is necessarily doing, so I have them last in the division. I have Carolina finishing second, making the playoffs. I have Tampa Bay winning this because the rapist seems to be good. Uh, Atlanta, Super Bowl hangover. Um, weird things could happen. I could see them losing to, to Chicago week one. Seemed like a weird thing that could happen. Whoever uh, draw, drew up the Atlanta schedule also drew up the uh, Miami schedule because, uh, let's see, weeks 14 and 16, they play New Orleans. Week 12 and 14, they play Tampa Bay. Four out of five weeks, they play Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Four of those five games of the week, they play the Vikings. So that's a stupid schedule. For the Falcons, they end in Carolina. I like uh, Christian McCaffrey since I picked him uh, in the second round, or I should say you picked him for me in the second round. You're welcome. So uh, you better do fucking something. I expect a lot of reception yards from him. So uh, Falcons not making it. I got uh, Tampa Bay and Carolina. And uh, guess, I'll give you uh, one guess. Two quarterbacks stacking. Guess which quarterbacks last year were an NFL worst? Nine of 37 com- uh, completing passes thrown in the end zone. Nine of 37 completing passes in the end zone. Two quarterbacks did it. They were the worst. Who were they? Mm. Mm. Two quarterbacks that are really sucky. Don't uh, overthink this. Oh, this is, they really suck. So, Blake Bortles? Uh, no. Oh, well, shit. We get the the point. Uh, I was going to say Cam Newton, but uh, that's not right. Uh, Brock Osweiler and Carson Wentz. Oh, wow. Okay. I was going to say Jared Goff, maybe. Could be. How are you? How do you? 25%. 9 of 37. That's why he has Alshon Jeffrey this year. Jeffrey's got a wide wingspan. No fades. Don't do the fades unless uh, Alshon Jeffrey's like six inches taller than whoever the hell he's on. Uh, bad. Bad Carson Wentz. You're bad. The North now, clearly the Packers. This could be the most dangerous Packers offense uh, that we've ever oh. seen. Ty Montgomery in the backfield was an experiment last year. They liked it enough. He's going to be their starting running back this year. But he's not built like a running back. I mean, he's built like a wide receiver who can play running back. So that's interesting. Of course, you got Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb. You bring Martellus Bennett in. You have the great Aaron Rodgers. This Packers offense looks absolutely stellar. They do. Ty Montgomery, very exciting. Uh, Again, hope he does well. Uh, for fantasy purposes, it seems like the Packers are the anti-Vikings. No matter who they put in whatever position, they succeed. And uh, they put so they put people in whatever position. And they do well. And the Vikings didn't have the, uh, have the foresight to put Cordero Patterson uh, in running back or anything. They finally started to give him the ball a little bit there last season. But now he's with Oakland. So uh, Packers, I'm coming around on Green Bay. I'm actually starting to like Green Bay a lot oh, uh, because man. of the goddamn setup with this Minnesota football team. That you look at Green Bay, everything works. They've had great quarterbacks for 30 years in a row. Oh, does everything work? Does one. their defense work? I don't think it does. Yes. Yes. Uh, they, they've got uh, they've got my favorite quarterback. Uh, he he's great. 
He's my favorite player. Um, they'll they'll just make things work. Um, their defense will just be they'll they'll just get by somehow. They'll just get by. They'll find some random undrafted guy you've never heard of to play cornerback, and uh, they'll get it done. Aaron Rodgers, he's the greatest. He is. He's very very good. Um, yeah, he is. Uh, the Vikings, though, listen, the Vikings are the most difficult team to peg in the entire NFL, and I, I say this as unbiasedly as possible because I truly feel like if their offensive line can block worth a damn. By the way, did you see where Alex Boone went? Where did this stupid – I hope he went to Green Bay. Where did he go? Nope, nope, he didn't. He went to Arizona. That's I was hoping he'd go to the Rams or some garbage team. Uh, no, he went to he went to the Cardinals. Uh, I was completely shocked when the Vikings got rid of him. Uh, I mean, after a year, you're just done. I guess he. I mean, his his most impressive thing was talking out of his mouth because he wasn't blocking with a damn, and he just kept yap 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 yapping. Uh, so I, I'm we've we've discussed at length. Uh, the Vikings did upgrade at the offensive line, though. What sort of upgrade remains to be to be seen or how much of an upgrade with Reef and Remmers, but you're going to start this Elf Line guy from Ohio State. You got uh, like Easton. You got I, I just don't know. The Vikings offensive line, if they, if they can protect Sam Bradford, if they can help get a running game established and Sam Bradford has time to throw the ball deep down the field, the Vikings will make the playoffs. It is all predicated on their offensive line. So if their offensive line is good, this team is going to go 11-5, make the playoffs. But if it doesn't, things can go south, and I see another 9-7, 8-8 year, maybe even worse. Yes, offensive line is where it's at, and I don't think they're going to be much better than last year. I think Mike Remmers is a backup lineman, and that's not good. Uh, they should beat New Orleans. They've got three of their first, uh, three of their first four at home. They've got uh, what five of their first seven at home. Yeah. Who? Okay. Whoever did the schedule for, uh, I mean, good, granted, good. it's the same guy who did it, you know, the same group. But uh, you know what? Way to bone the Vikings over. I mean, good lord, this is what? absolutely ludicrous to have five of your first seven games at home. You want to make sure a home team doesn't make it to the, to the Super Bowl? Give them five home games in the first seven, and then one home game in the next six weeks or seven weeks because they have a buy in there, uh, trip to London. Hey. What a crock of shit. That's right. That's right. Um, got to win your home games. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule. First eight games. Let's see here. Should go nowhere since six games. and two. Six and two, um, five and three. You got to go. You have to go five and three. You can't go four and four. Nope. You got to go five and three. Um, lose to Green Bay at home. Lose at Pittsburgh. Uh, maybe even Tampa Bay. You got to win the rest of them. You yep. got to beat Baltimore. You got to beat New Orleans. Yep. Uh, you got to sweep Detroit and Chicago. If they beat Detroit and Chicago, or even just Detroit twice last year. They're in the playoffs. It came down to two games at Detroit that came down. One went in overtime. One was the last play deal. Um, you got to go five and three after that. You know, second half, another five and three. Should get you into the playoffs. And uh, uh, it looks like it's out there. I mean, Rams, one. Detroit, two. 
Cincinnati three, Bears four. Uh, you got to get one of those other games. They killed Carolina last year. They're at Atlanta. They're at Washington, at Green Bay. So you can split with Green Bay. So I'd say you break the schedule up in halves. They got to go five and three, both halves. They do that during the playoffs. Uh, I think they're more seven and nine or eight next. Yeah, I, again, it's just all predicated on that offensive line. But I am excited. I, I think you have to be excited, too, to see Dalvin Cook. I am. I saw him in preseason, and I'll have a clean slate here week one. But uh, he didn't do much. Um, offensive line was still bad. So I, I think it's the case for no, no matter who you put put back there, offensive line's going to going to hamper the team. So I'm, yeah, this is a, probably the least excited I've been for a Viking season ever. Um, yeah, the, the offensive line is just taking it out of taking it the whole thing out of me. Yep, I, I'm curious to see though. Adam Thielen's going to be in the slot, so that um, that to me is going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, and then I have Detroit at five and eleven. I know they're going to be better than five and eleven. I don't know why I have them at that, but you just look at who they have to play at, and this is this is a problem with. Getting, you know, being the second best team in the league, you get the second best teams uh, within the division. So the fact that they get the Cardinals and the Giants, uh, that that hurts. I think that that, and then you get Atlanta at home. I think they lose that. They can beat Carolina, but you have to go to Tampa Bay. I think that's a loss. Um, maybe they beat New Orleans. I think, I, I just I think the Lions start two and six. Yep, yep. I, I I have that. In fact, um, yeah, I have them at two and six, and I have them losing one game to Chicago, and I hate that because I have Chicago at four and twelve. This is a team that should go three and thirteen or worse because they have Francis Trubisky as quarterback, who's going to be starting at some point. Oh yeah, that's going to be fun to see John Trubisky out there. Hope it's against the Vikings on Monday night. I really do. Yeah, I think I think there's a great chance that Tampa Bay or that Chicago, excuse me, starts out 0 and nine. They'll probably beat the Vikings. Yeah, they probably will, and I have a win for them right now. So uh, NFC wise, I have Seattle as the one. I have Green Bay as the two, and I really don't like putting Green Bay as the two, but uh, that's what I have. Atlanta the three. Uh, the Giants four, Arizona five. I will keep Tampa Bay in there right now, but um, I I would just like to throw in the homer pick of the Vikings. And then I have I the, the then I have Seattle over Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. Seattle advancing to the Super Bowl to take on New England. I really want to pick the Bears to go home in sixteen. I've got them for two wins. I think they beat San Francisco week 13 at home. I think they beat Cleveland week 16. I do not feel confident they can beat either of those teams. I hope the Bears are bad. I hope they're 0-16. I got up for 2-14. I, I, I do as well. If the Jets and the Bears played one another this year, they will play next year, mind you. Would that be not the, like the worst game that you could possibly – that would be a way to punish people. Make them watch that the shit. That's terrible. You have, uh, what'd you say, Seattle? Seattle, yep, uh, as the NFC representative. Seattle over Green Bay? Yep. I have Seattle, damn it. 
Seattle, I got Seattle winning like 13 games. Let's see what the Packers, what are the Packers going to do here? Tough game at Atlanta week two. Oh, let's see, Green Bay. Green Bay? That could be 13-3. and three. I think Green Bay and Seattle are going to be 13-3, and three, and uh, Green Bay gets the tiebreaker because they beat Seattle okay. in week one. Yep. So you got Green Bay going to the Super Bowl. Uh, Seattle, yeah, Seattle makes the championship game. I have the Cowboys there as the four seed. I have Tampa Bay as the three. I thought, the, I thought you had the Giants win in the East. What did I say? The Cowboys. Yeah, that's, yeah I got to down, or, uh, yeah, the Giants. Got Arizona as a wild card. And Carolina as a wild card. Give me uh, Cardinals as the five. Panthers as the six. So we have Tampa Bay, Carolina, wild card game. We have Giants, Cardinals. And uh, from there, like to Green Bay to beat Seattle for the second time. All right. Very good. And I actually have Seattle beating Green Bay in that week one matchup, in part because of Sheldon Richardson coming over there uh but yeah i think that ultimately decides it and you know what you know what will decide it and i this is my bold prediction for the year maybe it's not so bold i am going to say that blair walsh misses a field goal that costs the vikings a a chance at the division because of the one win what Week one or what? Week one, yep. He misses a field goal that would give Seattle a win over Green Bay. That one win will come back to factor into who wins the division between the Packers and the Vikings. That's my ultimate bold prediction for the regular season. I like it. I like it. So. Uh, um, trying to figure out what week 17 is going to be, what game. You got a couple. Chiefs, Broncos. Um, I think week 17 is going to be Panthers Falcons. You know, ooh. Um, oh, let's see. What do we got here? Yeah, I, I could go I could go for that. Uh, what possibly Cowboys Eagles? There's really nothing else. I really wish Houston and Tennessee were playing the final week of the regular season. That would be a dandy of a game. Uh, maybe Cincinnati, Baltimore for a final spot on the AFC side. Wild card. Could be. So, very good. Uh, and then, who do you have in the Super Bowl, and who do you have winning it? The Green Bay Packers winning the Super Bowl at the Viking Stadium over the Patriots. It's Tom Brady's last game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers wins his second and final Super Bowl. Uh, I hope Aaron Rodgers can win one more to make it two. I got a feeling he'll be like Farm and only win one, but uh, Packers have to win in Minnesota. For that reason, I'm not going to pick him. I have Seattle against New England. It, it's dumb of me to go against New England with how much I've hyped him up, but I will take Seattle to get revenge and beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. The homer pick though, and I've been saying this for three or four years now, that the Vikings were going to play in the in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. If that happens, they will be playing the Patriots and Tom Brady will win. So there you go. That, that, that would suck. Yeah, oh yes, it Super would. Bowl, yeah. Super Bowl, uh, it'll be exciting. Me in Minneapolis. Um, 
let's see. If Seattle wins, I think the first game next year will be Packers at Seattle. Okay. If Green Bay wins, I think the first game will be uh, Vikings. Vikings, um, Packers. Okay. Or maybe Falcons, Packers. They would play the South winner. But the South so, winner uh, you would have is Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, yeah. But Atlanta probably going to win. Oh, sure. Yep. Um, but, you know, I'd say, you know, maybe Vikings, Packers, or wouldn't that be something? Vikings, Packers, the Vikings win, or Packers win at the Vikings Stadium. And that's the first game. Next I, I year. would think. I would think the NFL would. Be, it would be stupid of the NFL not to do that. But then gets the NFL we're talking about. That's right. And if it's New England that wins again, um, they would play the AFC West winner. I mean, that's Oakland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vikings now. Um, if it was up to me, the first game next year would be uh, Green Bay at New England. So. Ooh. Ooh, that would be good. That would be a dandy of a game. Dandy, I've used Green that word Bay. like a half dozen times today. That's the word of the day. Green Bay plays New England next year at New England, so get excited about that. Um, among quarterbacks last year who started every game, Dak Prescott had the highest QBR. Person went, he had the worst. I love it. I love it. And then who's your MVP? I got Tom Brady. I have Aaron Rodgers as the MVP. Dark, uh, like if you want a wild card, I would give you Brandon Cooks, wide receiver, because I think he's in for a monster year. The oh, when, when was the last? Peterson won it. Yeah, it's it's always the quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I can't even remember the last time. And and Peterson had to had, had to get 2, to two thousand yards. Yeah, I don't think a receiver has ever won. Yeah, a receiver has never won. That's bull, because Randy Moss should have won it at least once. Um, Dark Horse, uh, Matt Ryan won it last year. Cam Newton won it the year before. Uh, let's make it the rapist. Three years in a row. Jameis Winston. There we go. Um, Dark Horse. All right. There we go. We got through it. Buddy, anything, uh, anything else before uh, we wrap up this podcast? Vikings play on uh, Monday, so I plan to be on the golf course Sunday at noon. That's how I plan to spend the Sunday not watching the football. Um, Saturday should be a good day for the football. Um, might catch a little bit of New England and the Chiefs. We got uh, that first one right there. Um, other than that, there is not much week one that interests me. So, no, uh, yeah. No Monday, Dallas and Sunday. New York for like the 10th consecutive yeah. year? If you want me not to watch, put that game on TV, and I will not watch that game again. We'd want again. See, see how the Packers might be interesting. Yeah, I might, I might, yeah, with that three thirty game, yeah, that's uh, that's worth tuning into. So I guess I will try and watch that. Oh, there you go. There we go. Very good. We got through it. It's going to be a great week of college football. NFL season's back, uh, and uh, we thank you, Mister Travis Crids, for joining uh, for for helping do the podcast as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. I want to mention uh, Red Sox in Toronto played a 19-inning game the other night. 19 innings. Did they really? Who won? Uh, Boston, 2-1. to one. Dang nabbit. That's they, amazing. They, had, they, used, they used 12 pitchers. The game took nearly six hours. 
Um, the Angels, your favorite manager, Mike Sosha. Yes. He's 12 pitchers. He's 12 goddamn pitchers the other night in 11 innings. The most ever in the American League. That was tied the very next night. The difference is the other, the other team went eight extra innings, so I don't fault the Red Sox there. But, uh, yeah, Red Sox, Blue Jays, 19 innings on a Tuesday night. Uh, the Red Sox scored one run in the ninth, one run in the 19th. They didn't need much offense. There you go. I, I hate Mike Sosha. I really do. We all hate him. We all hate him. He sucks. I, I might hate him a little more than most, but I've been on this here for oh. the last half dozen years or so. Also, your odd game also. Mets beat the Phillies on Wednesday night 6-3. to three. The game went six innings. Yes. Yes, I saw that. Very good. I have the Mets this week. We both have the Mets in the baseball pick em. A good week for the Mets. They play the Phillies and somebody else. Also, uh, Cubs beat the Pirates 1-0 into the ninth. There you go. And uh, kudos to me for going 8-0 in the college pick because that's the last time it'll ever happen. Uh, I wasn't going to tell you, but I will. You should change your Kansas State pick because Marcus already took Kansas State. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I didn't. Th- wow, I thought he took Kansas. What was I looking at? K-State. He very... Uh, I would appreciate it if he would spell the goddamn name of the team out. Eden. All right, we will uh, we'll see what happens next week then. Uh, we'll have plenty of football to talk about and baseball as the pennant, race for the pennant, oh, yeah. wraps up or gets going. Good evening. Good evening, indeed. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. We'll see you later. Travis Crins joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Long uh, edition with the... Uh, uh, with the football preview and everything, great stuff. Normally we go through, we pick all the games, this and that. Uh, this week, uh, you can find them all in the stack at stackattack.sportsblog.com. We'll have that posted on Friday. Definitely check that out. But I would say, uh, you know, Thursday night, taking New England. Then I'll take the bull, uh, the Bills over the Jets, the Texans over the Jaguars, Bengals over the Ravens, Titans over the Raiders, Washington over the Eagles, Falcons over the Bears, Steelers over the Browns, Lions over the Cardinals, Rams over the Colts, Seahawks over the Packers, why I don't know, 49ers over the Panthers in an upset special, Dallas taking down the Giants, Vikings over the Saints, Broncos over the Chargers. There you go. Thoughts to all those impacted by Hurricane Irma, both in the Caribbean and in Florida as it approaches. Stay safe. We're thinking of you. Dan Levitard and Poppy, please stay safe, especially you guys. Um, I need my highly questionable. Um, So with that, we say thank you. Please tune in again next week. You can find this podcast uh, online. You just search, uh, go to iTunes, search the sports block. Otherwise, follow me on Twitter, at NDStacken. Otherwise, on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. I have this podcast posted later in the week. Thank you to my good friend and co-host, Travis Krenz. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the NFL season preview. And uh, please tune in again next week for plenty of baseball and football talk here. Nathan Sackin saying thank you. Enjoy the football, everyone. You've been listening to the Sports Block Podcast.